Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Today is March 11th, 2021. You're here for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Yeah, I turned off my mic uh, so that you weren't distracted by other noises during the music, but uh, there you go. I uh, can't promise you too much about internet quality today. I'm trying something different, and uh, I don't expect it to work terribly well. It worked all right last night, so we'll see. Um, so hopefully you can hear me just fine. Here's our devotion. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse for this week. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Our psalm, Psalm 109, 1 through 21. Be not silent, O God, of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against me, let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May creditor, the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy, and the brokenhearted to put them to death. He loved to curse, let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing, may it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat, may it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord of those who speak evil against my life. But you, O God my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake. Because of your steadfast love, or because your steadfast love is good, deliver me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Ah, I neglected to do something, so just give me a moment. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, um, which I did when you couldn't hear me, <laughs> was that the Gospel of Mark um, is brief, it's vivid, I would say it's even concise. Um, and because it's concise, um, you know, the evangelist intentionally is 
I think, what we might say, evocative in his language. And he does so, how do you want to say it? Um, in a way that it captures your attention. All right, so we've been studying the, the Passion According to Mark. We're going to be in Mark 14 today once I get it on, our, on your screen for you. And uh, that re- these readings are really particular to Mark. There's a tradition that says that Mark's gospel uh, is the basis for, say, Matthew. Um, I don't find that uh, I don't find that claim to be all that believable. And the reason being is that uh, Matthew then intentionally omits quite a bit of Mark's uh, brevity in his language, uh, but then expands quite a bit upon it. And I, I just don't find that convincing. Each evangelist has their own motive and intent, um, their reason for writing, and also, um, I think, just a way of telling the story. And in Mark in particular, it's quite vivid and concise and evocative. All right. So it'd be a good one to read with your children, um, say, during Holy Week, from start to finish. Our first reading today is from Zechariah chapter 13. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die. But one-third shall be left in it. I will bring the one-third through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God. All right. And then our reading for catechesis today is the gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sent out two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is the guest room in it in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared there, make ready for us. So his disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. In the evening he came with the twelve. Now. As they sat and ate, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. And they began to be very sorrowful and to say to him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? He answered and said to them, It is one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, They went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. 
But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently, If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said, Likewise. All right. Um, hold on a second. I want to make one change here. Okay, so some catechesis. What customarily happened on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Right? So the Feast of Unleavened Bread is the week, right? And what happens on the first day of the feast? We see it here. That's the day they kill the Passover lamb. All right. Um, why does Mark include this fact, do you think? Well, of course. Who is Jesus, right? Is he not the Passover lamb um, who takes away the sin of the world? The lamb of God. All right. I'm going to change it back to where it was. <laughs> Sorry about that. Next, um, how were the disciples to find the room for the Passover? Yeah, it gives them very explicit instructions here in verse 13 through 15, right? So uh, two of them were to go look for a man carrying a pitcher of water and follow him to his master's house. And then they were to say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is the guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? All right. So what's the, what do you think the significance of this is? All right. Water and the Lord's Supper. Put those two together. Yes, that's right. The disciples found the place of the supper by following water, even as you, the baptized, are led to the Holy Supper. All right. Uh, what do you think about the, this upper room, though? The large upper room. What's the significance of upper rooms? Hmm. Old Testament significance, actually. I'll give you a couple examples and you'll see if, see if this helps. Uh, 1 Kings 17. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him, there it is, to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. And he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And then he stretched himself out on the child three times, cried out to the Lord and said, O my Lord, or Lord, my God, I pray let this child's life come back into him. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back into him and he was revived. And Elijah took the child, brought him down, from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. That's also significant. How about this one? Second Kings 4, verse 9 and following. Um, this is Elisha, right? Uh, she said, the, the, the uh, Shunammite woman, she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God, 
who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So, so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. All right. Uh, the story continues, though. The child grew and it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, My head, my head. So he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. Then she called her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one, one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and, come, and he may come back. All right. Uh, and then later on, I'll just skip a little bit. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on, the, on his bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hand on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. And he returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. The child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. All right. Um, so there you go. Two stories in the lives of the prophets, both Elijah and Elisha, both with upper rooms and both connected then with death and resurrection. Get it? All right. So this is, of course, pointing forward to Christ and his death and resurrection. So hence the upper room. What is the importance of the phrase? Hmm, just, they found it just as he had said to them. Of course, Jesus' words are faithful and true, and this is going to be quite important as the words follow here when he says, take, eat, this is my body, and drink of it, all of you, this blood is the new covenant, which is shed for many. Just as the words saying, prepare the Passover are true, so also they will receive exactly what he says they receive in the supper. Right, so that's a helpful uh, rebuttal, I suppose, to those who say, well, here at the beginning of the story, he's speaking literally, but then later he's speaking figuratively. No, in the same context, he's speaking literally. All right, who was at the Passover with Jesus? They're called here the Twelve, right? Uh, what did Jesus announce? Assuredly, I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray him, right? Betray me. Of course, each disciple asks, is it I, is it I? So you notice that they're all uh, recognized that it is certainly possible for them to deny Jesus. Of course, who would be the betrayer? He says it explicitly here. It's the one who dips with me in the dish. And what does Jesus say then about him in verse 21? Yeah, it would have been, um, been, well, that he would go, Excuse me, just as it has been written of him. Huh. The Son of Man goes just as it is written of him. So Jesus is saying all of this is happening according to the prophetic word, right? Of course, we've talked about this at length. All scripture, start to finish, is about Christ, right? That's what it teaches us about what we call the Old Testament. How does this confess Christ? That's the, always the chief question that you ask when you read a text, including that of, say, Elijah and Elisha. See? What did Jesus say about his betrayer? In particular here, it would have been better for that man if he had never been born. Um, this is an interesting expression. Who else, prophetically, Old Testament, um, considered themselves 
considered themselves in the same way, that it would have been better for me if I had never been born. How about Job? After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth, and Job spoke and said, this is Job 3, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was said a male child is conceived. May that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor the light shine upon it. May darkness and the shadow of death claim it. May a cloud settle on it. May the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that day, may darkness seize it. Job is a little excessive, I think. May it not rejoice among the days of the year. May it not come into the number of months. Oh, may that the night be barren. May no joyful shout come out of it, uh, come into it. May those curse it who curse the day, those who are ready to arouse Leviathan. May the stars of its morning be dark. May it look for light and have none, and not see the dawning of the day, because it did not shut up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide sorrow from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came forth from the, from the womb? Pretty intense, huh? Yeah. So Jesus is likening Judas's betrayal um, to the great torment of, of Job. Uh, what did Jesus take and give thanks over before breaking and distributing it? Here, remember, it's the Feast of Unleavened Bread, so the unleavened bread, just as you would expect. And what does Jesus say about the bread? Very explicit, right? Take, eat, this is my body. Uh, what was in the cup that Jesus took? Well, he tells you later, right? The fruit of the vine. So, uh, grape wine. Grape wine. Very explicit. And who drank from that cup? They all drank from it, right? So, the twelve. Uh, what does Jesus say about the wine? This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Shed for many. Now, I love this. Note what they did after they received the Lord's Supper. They sang a hymn as they went about their uh, going to the Mount of Olives. Reminds me of uh, Luther, you know, at the end of uh, morning prayer and evening, uh, yeah, at the end of morning prayer, uh, where he says, now go about your work joyfully, singing a hymn, right? After praying the Our Father, I believe. What did Jesus say of all the disciples? All right, now they're not all the betrayer, but they will all be made to stumble because of him. And then he quotes what we heard up here from Zechariah uh, 13, verse 7, right? Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. So it goes just as it is written. Um, there are other details, though, about the passion uh, found in the, in the prophet Zechariah. So remember when we, we've talked about this uh, frequently, but um, this is an exegetical strategy, technique, that I think uh, you do well to consider, is when there's a brief quote in the scripture, then go look at the broader context, right? And you could go all the way back to Zechariah 11, all the way through chapter 13, and you find many references um, to Jesus and his passion. Uh, and I, I think Mark is just indicating, uh, go back and look at Zechariah as a whole. I'll just give you a few of them. So for example, um, Zechariah 11, Verse 12, then I said to them, if it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, remain or refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. Huh. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, that princely prince they set on me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver, 
and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Remember what was the name of the field where Judas died? The potter's field. Hmm. Uh, we'll skip into chapter 12. Um, and I will pour on the house of David, this is verse 10, and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Well, they will look on him whom they pierced. And then, of course, uh, we didn't read this, but 13 verse 6, just one verse before our reading, and one will say to him, what are these wounds between your arms? Then he will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. How's that for incredible? Yeah, so Zechariah 11, all the way through to verse, or chapter 13. Check that out. All right, so we have the 30 pieces of silver, and we have it going to the potter. We have the wounds that Jesus has that are the wounds we give him, and they will look on him whom they have pierced. Sound familiar? Yes, it does. Uh, what important Jesus, uh, direction does Jesus give for them after his resurrection? Yeah, you, you, they will find him in Galilee. Of course, Peter is one to boast. What does he boast of? Yeah, never stumble or fall away. Huh. Well then. Before the rooster has crowed twice, Peter will deny Jesus three times, which is what he prophesies. And of course, no, we'll never, we'll never betray you, even if I have to die with you. Hmm. And they all said likewise. Yeah. Don't make promises you can't keep. It's a noble thought, Peter, but yes. All right, a meditation on this text. In his church, everything is according to the words of Jesus. He instituted the sacrament of the altar that we might eat and drink of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As the pastor proclaims these words loudly over the humble elements of unleavened bread and wine, as opposed to silently like they do in the Roman church, faith centers upon the simple meaning of these clear words. Here, the words of Jesus promise us that what is on the altar is the body and blood of Christ, given into death for the remission of all our sins. It's not because of the faith or works of the pastor that Christ's body and blood are on the altar. It is not because of the faith or works of the communicant that Christ's body and blood are present. Rather, the sacrament's power flows completely from the words of Christ that accomplish exactly what he says. These words promise us that those who eat and drink believing in his words will receive the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. One must not destroy the certainty of faith by changing the words of Christ, or by changing the elements to which he has attached his word. Since Christ spoke these words concerning unleavened bread and grape wine, that is wine with wine, that is with alcohol, the church on earth will not tamper with what the Lord has instituted, for then we could not be certain of his promise. As he asked his church to take, eat, and drink, so we receive the body and blood of Christ trusting in his word of promise, and according to his institution. Right? So there's no reason to change from grape wine. There's no reason uh, to change from unleavened bread. Right? Right. Is it absolutely necessary? Well, that's the wrong question. How about faith in these words? Right? And let everything else be as he gives it. All right. We confess the table of duties to bishops, pastors, and preachers. The overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, 
self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. 1 Timothy 3, verses 2 through 4. He must not be a recent convert, or he may be conceited, become conceited, and fall under the same judgment as the devil. 1 Timothy 3, verse 6. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Titus 1, verse 9. We pray. O Lord Jesus, you are the bishop and overseer of our souls. You are the Lord of the harvest and have commanded us to pray for the gift of pastors, to preach the gospel and shepherd your church. Raise up men for the office of the holy ministry who are above reproach, the husband of but one wife, who are temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach your life-giving word. Deliver all pastors from the self-centered vices of the flesh. Grant them your grace to manage their families well and bring up their children in the true faith with proper respect and devotion to the word of God. Give them courage to hold firmly to the trustworthy message of the gospel as it has been handed down to them and the wisdom to refute those who oppose it. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. On this Thursday, we pray for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord to put an end to all schisms and causes of offense, that he bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, that he beat down Satan under our feet, that he send faithful laborers into his harvest, that he accompany his word with his grace and spirit, that he forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts, that he preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Today we pray in Thanksgiving with Anthony, who celebrates his birthday, with Jared, Brenna, who both celebrate their baptism. We pray for Marcella, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, Sandy, Linda, Ken, Aaron, and Penny, all in the need need of the Lord's gift of healing. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, Camp Luisimo, and also Pastor Blas. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, Baptismal Waters Cover Me. Thanks for your patience today. As uh, I tried out something new, I'll tell you what it was now. Um, I have a backup internet connection that I'm using. It's using a cellular modem um, that was reasonably priced that uh, would serve when our other connection uh, goes down in the toilet. And uh, it's about the same, actually, quality, I think. Yesterday, in my test, it was quite a bit better, actually, than today. So maybe it's hit or miss day to day. So it is. So uh, I'm glad it worked mostly <laughs> as a reasonable backup. Um, when other things don't work out well at all. All right. Um, also, let's see. Oh, you can uh, watch last night's uh, evening prayer service if you didn't or weren't able to catch it. And uh, eventually today I'll break out the sermon for you so you can just uh, listen to the sermon if you'd rather, or re-listen to the sermon uh, if you didn't catch it last night or you missed some details and you wanted to go back and, and refresh what you heard. All right. So Lord be with you all and we'll see you again in the morning.